You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got some leftover mailbag two-minute drill questions. Uh, Yesterday went a little bit long when we were doing Matt Williamson's power rankings and some other stories around the NFL. We do have some stuff to dig into, some of the latest news concerning Carson Wentz and, and what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing at quarterback where Wentz could end up. But there are so many good questions here from you folks, the listeners. We promised yesterday, didn't quite get to those so we will dive into some of those on today's program and we're gonna start looking at some draft prospects as well coming up we're gonna have some guests on the network diving into each individual teams we're still gonna go team by team and try to fix every team's quarterback position in the NFL and Matt behind the scenes I'm still working on my 32 team trade that fixes everybody's quarterback so everyone's feeling good (laughs) about the 2021 season and and, uh, if all the rumors happen we might not be too far off from that really happening in the NFL this season Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent to you. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us on Twitter. That's where today's questions will be coming from. First, Matt, Carson Wentz. What's going on with Carson Wentz? Uh, I want to start with this tweet that I saw from Les Bowen, who covers the Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He said he spoke with... NFL management source. It wasn't an Eagles source, but it was somebody high up in the NFL somewhere that knows something uh, about the Carson Wentz melodrama. His viewpoint, if Wentz doesn't want the Bears, the Bears aren't going to trade for him. Eventually, the Eagles will take whatever Indy is offering in that case, maybe a second round pick plus something. Also, which which is maybe the surprising part of this whole thing, Also, the Eagles draft a quarterback at sixth overall, and I rarely see the Eagles going quarterback in the draft because I think think most people, me included, think, okay, you trade Wentz, and it's Jalen Hurts, right? You draft him last year. He he took over uh, in, in his rookie season. He kept his head above water. Looked good in some games, looked mediocre at some other times. But, you know, it's Jalen Hurts' show if you trade Wentz, but there's a growing feeling I'm sensing out of Philadelphia that maybe that's not the case either. And if that's not the case, do you trade both Hurts and Wentz? I I don't even know what's going on. I know less about what's going on with Philadelphia now than I thought I did before. Can you help me out with this? Maybe. And actually, Mike Lombardi is going to help us out a little bit with this. I was listening to his GM Shuffle podcast this morning, just coincidentally, and he's way more dialed in than I'll ever be. So, I mean, I'm just going to you know, let everyone know I'm kind of stealing this information. I urge you to check out his podcast too. It's very, very good. He's also in the Philly area and knows that organization and people there extremely well. And he's always said, and I've, I've recycled this information on our podcast too, that Philly uses the media way more than any other team. You know, like, oh, the Bears are the leader in the clubhouse. Like they'd like to orchestrate trades and get everything out in the public. And it's an odd way of doing business, but that's the way they do business. Lombardi also mentioned that his sources told him that the only reason, not the only, the reason they drafted Jalen Hurts last year, and at that time they were very high on Wentz. They didn't see this coming. They just thought that he was a Russell Wilson-like prospect. And at that point, it didn't look like the Eagles had a ton of needs. You know, their offensive line wasn't shattered. I mean, they had they had just added Rager, which was their big need. They had traded for Jalen Mills. 
and they thought they could afford the luxury pick of a potentially difference-maker quarterback when in doubt, grab a quarterback. So that all adds up from back then. However, what could they have done to sour on Hurts between now and then? You know, like, that's the part of this tweet that I have a problem with is I'll still bet that the Eagles do not draft a guy at six. First of all, I'm not sure the top four will even be there. You know, I mean, are you taking Mac Jones? I mean, or is this a, if Wilson falls, we'll take him, but he's going to be gone at two. You know, like, someone has to be there, too. I think Hurts will be the opening day starter, and I think they'll surround him with Jamar Chase or, you know, Micah Parsons or whatever. They'll build around him at least for a year. The other thing that's key here, though, that Lombardi laid out well in his in his podcast is Carson Wentz is due a $10 million bonus on March 3rd. The Eagles are not going to pay that. So he is going to get traded before March 3rd. Today is February 18th or something like that. So if you're playing this media game market and you're telling everybody the Colts are interested and the Bears are interested you still have time to kind of finagle that at that angle, but the clock is ticking because these teams know that you are not writing that $10 million check. And that means his cost is only going to go down. And that all completely adds up with the bears Colts thing. And if there yes. is something from Wentz's camp that makes you believe he doesn't want to go to the Chicago bears, then really the Eagles are trying to get the most they can out of the one team that this all makes sense. That is offering something that, Wentz is willing to go to, which would be the Indianapolis Colts. And it makes perfect sense, too, with information coming out of Philadelphia. What we heard around the Super Bowl time is, you know, they're asking for two first rounders and this deal's going to get done this weekend, trying to get somebody to bite on that. Right, Nobody bit. Right. And I got to I got to hand it to Chris Ballard, by the way, for for staying strong with with what he believes. He didn't want to add that first round pick for Stafford. Sounds like he doesn't want to throw that first round pick in for uh, for Carson Wentz. And right. in the end, he's not going to have to, I don't think. Uh, you know, I think a second round plus, I heard two seconds have been offered from the Colts. And if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles today and the Colts have two seconds on the table, I'm taking that instantly before they take that off the table. Yeah, right. I mean, that seems like more than Wentz is worth when you when you you know factor in what we know, which is the tape he put out last year and the cost of his contract, which isn't cheap, you know. So, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm not sure you get two seconds. I mean, like on March 1st, we might hear the Colts give up their second round pick and a fourth. And and that, and then that would all add up and would say, boy, a month ago, that's kind of what we all saw coming, right? And so all these games that Philly's playing, I'm not sure, and especially Chris Ballard, to your point, any of them are falling for the bluff. I haven't put pen to paper yet on my mock draft that I'm hopefully going to have for us next week. We can talk about it on the show. And yeah. it's just the ideas I have at the at the top, which are much more formed. The Eagles were a team that I was thinking, OK, this is a prime trade up spot to me trying to get in front of, say, a team like the Carolina Panthers. Get that yeah. last, you know, get the third or fourth quarterback off the board, depending on who's still there. The Eagles have enough needs. They could drop back and still get one of the top receivers in this draft if they drop back five or six spots or something like that. So to me, that's a, a serious trade down spot. And I hadn't really even considered a quarterback for them. That was one of the few teams in, in the top of the draft that it was like, OK, this is definitely not going to be a quarterback spot. Now I'm starting to rethink that. I mean, I I don't know if I'm buying that part of it, but I I'm with you when you said 
What happened between draft day last year, less than a year later, seeing some flashes of Jalen Hurts playing well to think that, oh, never mind, he's not maybe a Russell Wilson type prospect. Actually, we don't want him either or Wentz. Like, that would be bizarre. And if if that's the case, why would that GM be allowed to make another decision? Right. That's a good point. (laughs) Right. We just got a new coach in here, you know, and maybe it's a GM all along. You know, you you can start looking at that angle. Great point. I mean, I understand if by chance you adore Fields or Wilson or Lance or even Jones for that matter, if you adore a guy and you think he's better than the dude in your building, and this applies to all teams, not even the Eagles, I think you take them. You know what I mean? Like, wow, we couldn't believe Pat Mahomes was there, so we took him. You know, that logic is great. Or Kyler Murray's a lot better than Rosen. We're going to take him. I get that. But the other thing we haven't mentioned about the Eagles, too, is they're like the second most cash-strapped team in the Mm -hmm. league, too. You know, like, they're going to have to probably move on from some guys, including Wentz. So don't you need all the draft capital you can get to fill your linebacker needs and receiver needs and all the way down the list? You know, I mean, Zach Ertz probably won't be back. And again, that lends itself to why not move? Could you move from six to 15 and still take a receiver there and then take a linebacker with that extra pick? You know I mean? Like they need a lot of stuff. Absolutely. That's the reason why I think they're a prime trade down candidate because they almost have to rebuild here. They're going to trade Zach Ertz too, if you're believing reports out of Philadelphia. And they have a ton of needs and they're cash strapped. And and where do you fix the cash problem? That's with young, controllable talent and cheap draft picks on rookie deals. So that's where the Eagles have to go, in my opinion. And um, maybe they draft a quarterback at six, but I, I just think it would benefit the team to roll with Hertz one more year, find out what you truly have there, and add as many picks as you can, fix your cap problem, and get this uh, rebuild going because it's clear something needs to happen because it wasn't a good football team last year, and I don't see how they're going to you know, just magically be better this year because they draft a quarterback at six, um, and, and you have to draft the guy if he's there. And I, I, saw right. a tweet from, I saw a tweet from Louis DiBiase who covers... The Eagles on the network here, Locked On Eagles. Check out that podcast, and, and we'll have to have him on the show sometime soon to break this whole situation down for us. But uh, he, it, it, it seemed like he thought about this more like the Arizona Cardinals a few years ago when they moved on quickly from Rosen and drafted Kyler Murray. Now, they're not drafting one or two, but they still could have a top QB prospect there. And when you look at it through that lens, then I guess it makes sense because it doesn't matter how many resources you put into it, really get the quarterback position right. So I guess I could see that argument as well. Sure. I mean, that part makes some sense. Again, if you think the guy, you know, the the, the bird in the bush is the better than the one in your hand that you know about uh, at that position, by all means, upgrade a quarterback for sure. But I was sitting there thinking, as it stands right now, I might want to be the GM of the Eagles less than the Giants, Washington, or Dallas. You know, like, are they the team that's in the worst <laughs> situation in the worst division in the league? Yes. But I think so, you know, which is 180 degrees different than I thought going into last year. I thought the Eagles were a potentially really good team. But what if you trade Wentz? Let's say you get two twos from Indy. You know, this year's two and next year's two. And then you trade back from six and you pick up a future first to move down 10 spots. Now, all of a sudden, I've got a bunch of cheap labor in draft picks over the next two years to make up for those cap issues. If you like Hurts, you know, I mean, because then you have the, the cheapest quarterback room in the world. You got a second round pick and nothing else spent a quarterback. 
but he has to be the guy. It's going to be fascinating what goes on in Philadelphia and maybe even an extra element of quarterback movement that we didn't see coming this offseason coming out of Philly and which will make another domino fall for another team around the league. And we'll continue to have all of that stuff covered for you every day here on the Peacock and Williamson show throughout the offseason. But next, we are going to dive into the Twitter mailbag, your questions, two-minute drill next. I know the football season is over, but that doesn't mean there is a lack of things to bet on and win money with at Bet Online, including football, football futures, NFL draft, college futures, where certain players will be traded. I'm seeing Wentz. I'm seeing Deshaun Watson odds. NHL and NBA seasons are in full swing. Major League Baseball coming back. March Madness just weeks away. A ton of table games, casino stuff, and betting on TV shows even. The ways to win money are endless at BetOnline. Real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Have you checked out some of the latest from the Locked On Podcast Network? You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Locked On Today is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts throughout the sporting landscape. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts and i've been a guest on that one already yeah, twice i so. have as well we've yeah. both been nice. featured on that show so if you like matt and i and you like peter bukowski who also does a great job hosting locked on packers you got to check out locked on today where are we with these questions i want to start with tony we had talked about getting somebody on to talk about the economics of sports and when it comes to gambling as well and tony has a great point here and i don't know who we're going to actually reach out to to be our guest on this subject but it's it's beyond my capacity because when it comes to Me these too. type of things and the salary cap, it's like I can relay information that smarter people than me have, but don't rely on me for this. So we've got to find somebody. And Tony says, when you have an NFL econ expert on to talk gaming revenues effects on the cap, can you also ask the expert about how state taxes affects the cap and why there should be a variable cap offset? So all NFL teams have cap parity despite state income tax that's interesting and the salary cap already it's it's funny because most of the states where there's higher taxes are the states that are hurt by the salary cap because they're the teams that could afford to pay more to players so they actually get hit with a double whammy in some cases if you're talking about the state of new york the state of california uh, a few other states that that might have big market teams that could outspend some other franchises but now the salary cap keeps them in check, but then state taxes on top of it really helps the little guys and helps certain states that don't have as much income tax. That's a great point by Tony. It's a great point by Tony because we're talking millions of dollars here. You know, I mean, we're not, I mean, everyone's percentage is the same, obviously. You know, I mean, if you make 50 grand, it hurts you more to lose five grand than if you make 500 grand. Obviously, all those things, but still, we're talking about millions of dollars so over a short amount of time, a short contract. And he's 100% right, and you're 100% right. We're over our heads to talk. We're not economics majors. I mean, I would love to get somebody on here to really pick things apart 
And the salary cap, as we've mentioned this week, is the biggest news or the biggest shoe to drop that will make more things happen. But I think that's really interesting. Like, here's an example. Like, I was at on Pitt's staff with Walt Harris, who shortly after I went to Akron, took the head job at Stanford, which was an upgrade. It was a that's home for him. He grew up in California and he made more money by Stanford. So he took the job at Stanford after having some winning seasons at Pitt. He wanted to take his whole staff with him. Well, guys like our running back coach at Pitt were like, yeah, I'm getting a raise, but houses cost eight times more than they do in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Like I'm losing money to go to Stanford and uproot my family. I can't go. So to his point, obviously the state taxes are huge, but the cost of living also, if you want to live in Manhattan or, you know, your neighborhood, I mean, San Francisco, or again, I'm talking not from an area of expertise, but different areas of the country cost a heck of a lot more than Pittsburgh and Buffalo and Green Bay and whatnot. Um, lastly, I was sitting here thinking as you're reading that question, boy, these Florida teams to me, Miami, Tampa, and Jacksonville, all coincidentally have a lot of cap space in a year where... People are going to be dumping good players, and it's going to be a buyer's market for those teams with cap space. The Jags have the most cap space in the league and say, hey, we got a new coach. We got the the next Andrew Luck. Come play for us. You know, Miami says we're two years along in this project. Come play for us. You know, we have all these things that we can offer you. We're already winning. And Tampa is a Super Bowl champ with Tom Brady. We saw people play less to play with Brady in New England. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, it's crazy. And there's so many other factors because uh, I, I know for some sports and, and for some reason, and this is why we need an expert to come on to talk about this. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like the NFL was, is exempt from this. But I know in some sports, NBA and MLB, I think you get taxed in the state that you play your games. So it's not like you get all of your tax in whatever home state you play in. If you play part of your games in California and part of your games in Texas and part of your games mm. in Illinois, you get taxed sure. appropriately for your paychecks because you get your game checks. And in the NFL, you get 16 checks per year. You get a, a check per game and you're not paid in the offseason. That's how the salary works there. If it's in the NFL, then that would be a huge factor and that would definitely change um, how things are taxed for you if you got taxed based on the games you played but for some reason i think the nfl doesn't work that way even though some of the other sports do which which makes it even more convoluted yeah it really does and i have one more example and this is more of a coaching thing that maybe people don't realize is when i left Pitt, i went to akron to be the the the, uh, director of football operations so we put together a staff in akron And we had hired the offensive coordinator from Duke and the defensive coordinator from North Carolina, who had both been let go. And they moved from that area of the country to Akron. And they sell their houses in those areas and buy these mansions in Akron, even though they're buying much less um, salary. You know, we weren't paying them as much as Duke and North Carolina, but their families are like, we live in the best part of town with this huge house because we sold a small house back there where we lost a lot of games. You know, like that's a big <laughs> deal in the coaching yeah. world. It doesn't matter to players as much because they're millionaires. But I mean, still, it's just one thing I wanted to throw out there just in terms of where you live in the country, you're pouring into the sport and other sports, I'm sure. Oh, wow. And uh, 
for me, living in California, when I see what right. uh, $300,000 will buy here in one of the markets you would play in versus what $300,000 could buy you in, you know, in my the state of Texas or, you know, right, Florida right. or some other places, uh, it, it's different. It, it is very different. So those things all factor in. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah, but, yeah, rich man problems. Let's go to. Yeah, but not always. I mean, <laughs> well, I you mean, can make a ton of. I made thirty-five grand as director, head coach, at, yeah. or director of operations at Akron. You know, it wasn't like we were super rich. No, I mean, when it comes deal. to when it comes to NFL players making their decisions, those guys, play, yes. that, that's yes, that's yes, rich yes. man problem. Tom Brady problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one from Izaz. If you were doing a head coach dynasty draft, who would be your top seven picks? You might have a hard Ooh. time coming up with even seven, but that's an intriguing list. If I ever wanted to see one. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if I can. Even I would go need to, to prep for this and yeah. maybe make it a whole show. But let's talk philosophy. I mean, well, do you want to we... win now with Bill Belichick, right? Or since right. he's up there in age, do are you jumping on, say, uh, Sean McVay as your number one pick, or or one of the up and coming younger coaches, the Shanahan's of the world that are in their thirties and forties, instead of a guy in his sixties? That to my, I mean, to your point, I think. Shanahan and McVeigh might be my top two picks, you know, because they're really good now and they might give me 20 years. Um, how much would you value you know, dynasty draft aside? I always look at the, the current crop of coaches and say, Belichick stands alone, obviously. Now the, uh, you know, Andy Reed to me is probably number two, mm-hmm. but, and that, but, and, but I think the Tomlin, Harbaugh, Peyton, um, Carol is the next level. And I think all those guys have hall of fame aspirations or a good chance to get in, but I'd have a hard time drafting any of those, you know, no, especially Carol. You know I mean? I don't know that he'd be in my top seven. No, Carol, maybe hard. Har- I think I would put Belichick in there just because I, though, just, uh, I feel like I would be with, with an average roster. I think I'd be guaranteed playoffs for however long he wants to coach. And, uh, I, I might include him near the top. I don't know if I would put Carroll in there, even though I think they're almost exactly the same age. Maybe uh, that's maybe that's not that big of a gap between those two. But I feel like Belichick still at his age would be, I'd be fine with drafting uh, if we were doing yes. a dynasty coaches draft. But the the names you mentioned there that are interesting: Peyton, Harbaugh, Tomlin. They're not old. Those guys can coach for ten more years. You're getting a really Darn good coach for a long time. I'm taking those guys over the next hot shot that I'm not sure about. Yes, me too. I mean, so many guys flop. I mean, you know, that don't last. You know, so I, I mean, I, I would not. Some of these new hires, I'm not going to jump on immediately and mm-hmm. say, "Boy, they, I got them in." List of seven. Yeah, maybe we'll dive deeper into that and do some prep. That would be a, a fun segment to do and just do it an would. actual do an actual draft of coaches around the league that's a that's a good one Izaz. appreciate that all right coming up we got more of your questions on peacock and williamson well there are some new flavors of built bars being released that i'm not allowed to talk about yet but they are blowing up the locked on nfl dms like people are super excited about it and i'm worried the hosts are going to buy up all of this new flavor before you guys can get your hands on it so you should act Quickly go to builtbar.com to find all of the new flavors and all of the fantastic old flavors of built bars, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Feel good about both the taste 
and the nutritional value of a high-protein, high-fiber, low-sugar snack. That's Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T. Go to BuiltBar.com for 20% off your next order with promo code Locked on. Again, promo code locked on at builtbar.com for 20% off your next box of built bars. Ooh, I know, Matt, that you just dropped your top five quarterbacks list that we will be diving into. Maybe we should get into those tomorrow. I see right now your top quarterback prospects and top running back prospects for the 2021 draft. Joshua's question is where would Jordan Love rank? amongst the quarterbacks coming out this year? Fifth. I'm having a hard time with Mac Jones. I I really am. I mean, those style quarterbacks don't have the cheat code anymore. You know, I mean, those style quarterbacks, when they're 10-year veterans, do well. But how many rookies come in and are cerebral and accuracy and anticipation and all those things and don't have all kinds of um, you know, athletic traits to lean on as they learn. I wasn't a Love fan, though. I didn't think Love was a first-round pick, and so I was quite down on him. But if you gave me Love versus Jones, I would still take Love. The other four in this draft, though, are way above both, in my opinion. I totally agree. For sure, he would be at highest five for me this year. And I'm with you as well on Mac Jones. We've just seen too many really toolsy quarterbacks play super well. And that's the direction the league is going. And I think the best comparison for Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins. And that's what you hope you're getting out of him. But the the value in Kirk Cousins was that he was a fourth round draft pick. I mean, even Tom Brady, you couldn't see that coming. He was a sixth round draft pick for a reason. And if you have a quarterback like Mac Jones, and he's not as good of a prospect as Tua was coming out last year, and we saw how difficult it was for Tua to make the transition into the NFL, it's going to be equally as difficult, uh, if not more difficult, for Mac Jones because he's not as as you know highly thought of as a as a prospect as Tua was coming out. To me, it doesn't add up to a first round prospect at all because he has to hit no. on every aspect of who he is as a quarterback to be a first round player and I'm not touching him until the earliest the second round and I've seen him I've seen a mock where he went eight overall to the Carolina Panthers because they coached him at the senior bowl and the Panthers really need a quarterback yeah. and some teams are saying that there's no way he gets out of the 20s and I, I just uh, good luck to whoever team does that because I, I'm, I'm all the way out on that as Mac Jones and it's not like I dislike him but he's the type of quarterback I want to draft in the third round be surprised about how good he becomes not draft in the first round to be like oh yeah we got an, an average quarterback yeah and I passed on a franchise left tackle That's or a great right. receiver or something like that to do it I just feel like more and more, and this has really changed with Mike. You know, I like to brag that Lamar Jackson and Mahomes are my favorite quarterbacks in their respective drafts. Well, the reason is they're they have the highest ceiling. You know, I mean, more and more, I think you have to draft at that position for to hit one out of the park. You got to come to the plate and be swinging to to crush a grand slam with only one guy on. You know, because. Those are the players, the Josh Allens. I mean, those are the players that take you to the Final Four in the Super Bowl now, where I feel like Mac Jones, yeah, there's a price I would pay for him, not that high, when the best I can do is hit a double. I totally agree. I totally agree there. Let's go to Aaron, who says, should Eric DaCosta break with Raven 
organizational philosophy, pack up some picks and go up and grab Devontae Smith. I love the Ravens long play on draft day, but man, can we just grab a splash draft pick? And you and I have talked about how they need that alpha wide receiver. Devontae Smith in that Ravens offense. I kind of like it. Sure. I like it. I mean, that in a nutshell, yeah, I like. I mean, because unlike a lot of rookie receivers, I think he's very NFL ready. Um, as a route runner, I think that he translates quickly to the league. Not that, I mean, most receivers have come and done well, but more so than other types of receivers, I think he would be the style they need. My problem with it, and I think this is, first of all, is pie in the sky thinking from a Ravens fan, because the Ravens have shown yeah. that's not what they do. They want comp picks. They want to take a lot of bites at the apple. Look how many draft picks they made last year. That's just their style, and it's been very, very successful. I mean, they're going to trade down before they're going to trade up. I mean, Lamar aside. Um, and really, they need a guard. They don't have any edge players under contract right now. Like, if you put a lot of resources into a trade up, you're going to be short somewhere else. They need more than a guard. They might need a right tackle. They might need a center. Um, and they really need a receiver to this point. But I think that receiver, like we talked about yesterday, Allen Robinson, Godwin, even Corey Davis. I mean, I want a veteran because the room is full of rookies and young guys. The free agent route is definitely the way to go for the Baltimore Ravens. Plus, you take you take some guesswork out and you have a player who's ready to go now because your window is now. And if you want to move up to get a top wide receiver, well, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the Julio Jones trade and the Atlanta Falcons went from pick 27 all the way up to pick six with the Cleveland Browns to get Julio Jones. And if you're talking about going up to get and secure the top wide receiver in this draft, you're probably going to have to go into the top 10, and it's going to cost you. So uh, two, uh, what was the name? It's a lot. Uh, that was Aaron. So two Aaron. Okay, let's have some fun. Let's go get Devontae Smith. Are you willing to give up your first round pick this year, your second round pick this year, your fourth round pick this year, and your first and fourth round picks next year to go get that wide receiver? <laughs> Right. You put it that it, way. Right. <laughs> that's what it costs to go get Julio Jones 10 years ago. And who's going to be your guard? And who, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, you don't got much anymore. And he's a fine prospect, but he's not Julio Jones. Yep. He's not Julio. So, in short, the answer is no. Right. 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 It's not what they do either. Barry says, I keep seeing draft rules being applied in mock drafts. Don't draft a safety in the top 10 or a guard or a linebacker. No running back in the first round this year is wide receiver heavy, so no wide receiver in the first. Is this impacting parity in the league with bad teams drafting based on rules? Not the best player available. That's, I mean, that's a, an age-old question, and I, I battle yeah. with that question myself, Barry, and it's a great question. Um, do you... Is it worth missing on a player at a more impactful position or drafting a running back that you have a pretty darn good idea is going to be at least good in the NFL? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I'm not sure that it's contributing to parity, though, or bad teams staying bad or anything like that. Because the logic is when I have a need at left tackle or number one corner, you know, I, I have to spend a lot more outside my organization to go get that guy as opposed to, man, I need a guard or I need a safety or whatever. Like, I mean, it, it comes down to dollars and you know, not necessarily even availability of the positions. It's just, you know, although left tackles don't grow on trees, but 
I, I don't know. Like, I'm really interested to see where Kyle Pitts goes this year because I think he's a special player and is a special receiver, not just, oh, he's a tight end. I think he's a special pass-catching weapon. Unfortunately, there's no safety to make you consider, you know, uh, you know, going over a, a premium position this year. I mean, there might be a safety or two in the first round, but they're not going to be early picks. There's not a special Sean Taylor safety type guy coming out this year. This isn't exactly what they asked, but I do think every down super athletic linebackers now are becoming more of a premium position than maybe some give them credit for. Like, just look at the Bucks on in the Super Bowl. I mean, you think they're unhappy with White or David or, you know, I mean, the Steelers traded up for Bush. Roquan Smith started to come into his own. And there's not many of them in a draft. Like, if Warner came out right now, I think he'd be a top 10 type pick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And, and that's the thing is... I think safeties, tight ends, linebackers who can cover, those positions are becoming more valuable and teams should be yeah. more willing to draft them high, whereas running backs are becoming less value and and teams should be less likely to draft them very high because of how replaceable they are. And you could argue that tight ends are more to have a top-level tight end. Based on the teams that were playing in the Super Bowl the last couple of years, having a top-level tight end in the NFL might be a better weapon for your offense than having uh, resources spent on a wide receiver because there's so many good wide receivers that can run your offense, but having that truly elite tight end can be a difference maker for your offense. Just look at the tight ends that were in the Super Bowl in the last two years. Travis yeah. Kelsey, George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski, some of the best that the league has to offer. Yeah, they're the the queens on the chessboard. Um, you know, I've, I've even seen Pitts mock to your Niners, which makes my jaw drop thinking, what if you put Kittle... Ayuk, Samuel, and Pitts on the field together. <laughs> I have no you know, like with holy it. smokes. Yep. I mean, the, the versatility, the after the catch, uh, the variety of skill sets, you know, like, um, yeah. So I do think some of those positions, I don't know what isn't the premium position anymore. Yeah, guard. I yeah. mean, I get the guards and centers you can live with, but you got to block Aaron Donald. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's true. Uh, you know what I mean? You can, you can make, I mean, some of these safeties are getting paid big money. The Steelers just gave a first round pick for Minka. You know I mean? Like there's a lot of, I mean, I'd pay a, a lot for a healthy Derwin James. Jamal Adams just went for a, a premium price, you know, two first. It's not like they don't have value. The other part of it is when you hit on a first round player, it's, uh, it's almost the, the, the downside of drafting. Well, is if you hit on say, a guard in the first round. Well, now you have to pay a guard a whole bunch of money and you already have to pay a quarterback and a defensive end and a corner and some receiver. And so your roster gets really expensive. So you have to decide at some point we've got to save money somewhere. And to me, interior offensive line, interior defensive line, running back, there are just some positions where you can find smart, tough football players, draft in the middle rounds, keep drafting and developing and not spend high end resources in draft picks or money and, and build your football team to be a winner, whereas you have to spend, and you're hoping you have to spend eventually on a quarterback that you, you, know, you, get, the, you get the right to spend on a, on a really good quarterback, and you're happy to do it. Same with edge rusher and a, you know, a shutdown corner or positions like that. So uh, to me, that's why you draft those positions high, because you hope you do have to pay them, and it almost hurts in some ways if you have to pay top of the league salary to a guard to go along with those other positions that you know you're going to have to spend a lot of money on. Right. Which brings me to the Colts, actually. I mean, like, 
the Colts traded down a few spots and took Quentin Nelson, and they end up getting Braden Smith and a lot of other good stuff in that deal. Clearly, they love that trade, and Nelson's awesome, and they have no problems with that whatsoever. But now, all of a sudden, they need to tackle a corner, an edge rusher, and a quarterback, like the four <laughs> most important position, you know, expensive positions in exactly. the league, yeah. and maybe a wideout. You know, like it's not because of that trade, but are you? Could you trade Nelson? Would you rather have Costanzo or Nelson? You know, Nelson's way better, but you know what I mean. Like right. all of a sudden, now I can't. I need to go get other things, and they happen to have some cap money to do it, and they're not necessarily apples to apples here, but that's. Kind of what happened, you know. You, you drafted a guard super high, which is which is even more obvious when it comes to running backs. Look at all the teams that drafted running backs high. Right. Not only did the Cowboys draft a running back who has less value than a corner, they drafted Zeke instead of Jalen Ramsey, which I thought was asinine at the time. Well, now you pay your second contract for your running back, who's going to break down during a second contract. Not good money, not good money spent, and now you're what looking for a corner right so uh and it happens with every team Gurley, we've seen it with almost every team that drafted a running back really high and paid him and even christian mccaffrey who's a little bit bust proof because he's such a good receiver but he missed all of last season with an injury now and if and if his athleticism gets sapped then he's not going to have the value of a guy who's paid you know 17 million dollars a year right i mean every year i'm like well maybe i'd pay kamara maybe i'd pay mccaffrey you know this past year but most of these contracts are, or all maybe I'm not sure the teams are happy. Like Cincy with Mixon, Minnesota with cook, like those guys are great, but Mixon missed half the year. How much more does cook have left? He's got a long injury history going back to college. Um, Zeke Elliott contract in Dallas. I bet they'd rather use that money on, you know, defense or Dak Prescott and hand the ball to Pollard in the fourth round pick. All right, we got to go. There's, uh, yeah. We could keep going on this subject all day long. Team building is something that I geek out on, and I know it, it interests you, Matt, as well. So sure. uh, this, is the, this is the season of team building. So we will have endless conversations about how teams are built, free agency, the draft, trades, all of it covered daily right here. Peacock and Williamson.